welcome to Southern Sisters Radio, the show for Southern women and the men who adore them. Join us as we celebrate life from a Southern point of view. Now, here's your host, Jenny Earhart. Hey, everyone, and welcome to the Southern Sisters Radio Program. We are recording our show today at SunTrust Park. That's right. Our new Southern Sisters Radio studio at the Battery Atlanta. It's very cool. We feel very young and hip. It's a very swaggy spot we've got here for sure. You actually are young and hip. (laughs) I don't know, but the hip part. I'm kind of old and not hip. (laughs) I'm kind of I'm old and almost a broken hip. (laughs) I'm I'm messing with you. I don't mean it. I don't mean it. You're only as old as you feel. Right? That's a good point. That's very well, sometimes true. I feel like I'm well, pushing 60. Well, so. yeah, we, have, we all have our days, but we are, we are just super excited to be in our new studio. Well, you know what? We encourage you guys to come down and visit us. Yeah. We are located in the Spaces Building, which is directly next door to the Coca-Cola Roxy Theater, mm-hmm. right right here at the Battery Atlanta. We are literally looking out the far windows of our building, and we can see SunTrust Park right there. It is amazing. Right? I feel like I can just reach out and touch it almost. <laughs> it's like right there. It is. Right there. Not to mention all of the great restaurants, right. shopping, just the general, I don't know, the energy and the excitement down here at the, uh, at the Battery Atlanta. It's swanky down right? here. Right? <laughs> oh, I just love it. I've eaten at a few of the restaurants here. Got some good Nashville hot chicken yes. you can get down here at, I think yes. it's Yard House Restaurant. Mm-hmm. Mm-mm. We need to have some of the local chefs on the show. Oh, that's a great idea. You know, bring maybe, them in. Maybe we could convince them to let us set up shop in one of the restaurants. We could do a live broadcast, oh, a remote broadcast. That's a good idea. New ideas, Especially right? when you include food, I'm always down. Well, food makes everything better. <laughs> and we talk about that a lot here on the Southern Sisters radio program. I want to thank you guys so much for the encouraging messages that y'all sent next week. You know, we were on a little hiatus for a while, just uh, doing a few reruns. Uh, but that's over now, and we have fresh new content for 2018. Lots of things to discuss. Lots of big things coming up, actually. Right? So we will just begin to reveal things week by week by week. And I can just assure you, things are going to be changing a little bit every week. You just have to stay tuned. Stay tuned and watch us. Anyway, we are going to be talking this week about the history of the Super Bowl. You might think you know all there is to know about the Super Bowl. You don't. Because I got some things I can tell you. We're going to talk about Super Bowl food. Yeah, baby. Okay, because that's, you know, when it comes to me, I like the game, but it's also about the food. Right. I when, think even those of us who thoroughly enjoy the game, right. it's, it's still about the food. Still Let's about be fair. the food. And it's none of it's healthy. I can tell you that. But it doesn't matter. And I don't care. <laughs> Because it's good. <laughs> we're going to talk about that in the second segment. And then we're going to roll in and in after the half and talk a little bit about the anti-footballist enthusiast. There are some of us out there. I, I don't mean us. There are people out there that, um, you know, they don't really care all that much about the game. Yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, there are a few okay, of them. So I'm gonna give okay. you, well, it is. We Don't judge them too harshly. <laughs> um, but we're going to give you some perspectives on how to deal with them. Right. Because that's sometimes the hardest one to do. Right? It's a Super Bowl party. It's focused around the game and the food's yeah. kind of at the table to the side. Mm-hmm. And you've got some folks who just don't pay any attention. And when everyone starts screaming and yelling and hyping yeah. up and they're like, what's going on? They don't, they don't get it. <laughs> I'm going to read a little, uh, well, it's a little article written by just such anti-football enthusiast. He was, uh, yeah, he talks about what it's like to walk through life as someone who doesn't really care about football and dealing with those who do. Got it? And then we're going to wrap up the show by talking about how you can be a super Super Bowl guest at someone else's house. Oh, yeah. we got some tips and suggestions for, I don't know, making your hostess feel, you know, appreciated. That's you important. Don't, you, you don't want to be that guest. 
Right. Well, you want to get invited back, right. usually. Right. <laughs> yes. Did you get invited to a Super Bowl party last year? Did you not get invited this year? <laughs> there might be a problem. Yeah, you need to listen to these tips. You listen to you. these tips and suggestions, folks. So anyway, you hang in there for a few minutes and we will be right back. Welcome back to the Southern Sisters radio program. Yes, indeed, folks. It's Super Bowl 52. Are we allowed to say that? We just did. Okay. So well, we'll get away with it. The big game, 52. <laughs> it looms ahead. It does, right? Are yes. you, you got plans? Um, No, actually, because mm. of this one, because of the uh, heartbreak I had to endure last year. Yeah. I'll be honest, I'm not 100,000% hyped for this game. Are you still licking your wounds? Yeah, 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 just a little bit. You know, there's that part of me that hopes the Eagles win because I'm right. tired of seeing the Patriots. But there's me also too. that part of me that's like, if I had to deal with it, you do too. The Patriots yeah. are going to beat you. Yeah. So yeah, I'm, I'm just kind of hanging out, probably do some stuff with the fam. I might You're have a bitter. friend or two over. You're not bitter it. at all, are no, you? No, I'm, I'm, I'm incredibly bitter. So bitter. Oh, that's t- it was a it was a bitter pill to swallow. I remember that. Uh, what was also bad was the uh, was the Georgia game, the most recent oh, national championship game. Gracious. I was there, oh. and it was uh, oh. it was tough. That was that hard was to do twice as a mm-hmm. Falcons fan and a Bulldogs fan. Right. I've not liked football for the last uh, twelve months or so. <laughs> no, I'm telling you, it was tough. But we're going to get through it. It's going to be a good game tonight. I guarantee you, there's going to be some good food. Oh yes, oh yes. But folks, as Super Bowl Fifty Two looms ahead, this is the perfect time to review the history. How about that? The you know how I love history, Nick. The history of the biggest sporting event in the country. Now, far younger than the World Series, the Masters, or the Kentucky Derby. The NFL championship game has become a virtual national holiday in which the life of the country comes to a full and complete stop. The Super Bowl's origins lie in the creation, believe it or not, of the American Football League. That's the AFL in 1960, started by a group of businessmen who wanted their own pro football franchises, but were frustrated by the NFL's unwillingness to expand. The AFL forged ahead as an alternative league, playing a more wide open brand of football, shall we say, right? So began a rivalry that would help propel pro football ahead of baseball as the most popular spectator sport in the country by the end of the decade. Now, I got to pause there for a moment. Do you think that's still true? Um, what, it, the most popular? Well, it, it, in light of recent events and the, maybe the waning enthusiasm for lots of other reasons for the NFL, I wonder if that is still I, indeed. I, I'm still pretty the sure case. it's it's number one. I still think number one. I think pro football's number one. College football is now number two. Yeah, definitely. I do love me some college. And then, you, and then believe it or not, probably basketball after that. Really? But yeah, pro football is still still going to be number one in this country. Mm. I mean, there's a lot of people upset with it, but right. I think there's a lot of folks that uh. Probably told you, I'm not watching any more NFL, yeah. but on Sunday, the TV was yeah. still on the game. They're, turn- they're tuning in. It's yeah. hard to give up. It's it like is. a drug. It is. You know, it's a football drug. But guys, in 1966, after several years of competition, NFL Commissioner Pete Rozelle and Lamar Hunt, owner of the AFL's Kansas City Chiefs, negotiated a merger agreement in which the two leagues would formally join together in 1970. In the meantime, the AFL and NFL champions would play each other at the end of the season, and Hunt suggested calling the new game the Super Bowl. 
Though both he and Roselle thought a better title could be found, sports writers started using the moniker in advance of the inaugural game in January 1967, and it stuck. There you have it. Though there was anticipation before Super Bowl I between the Green Bay Packers and Kansas City Chiefs, the hype did not remotely approach what we see today. Mm. The game, which was held in the Los Angeles Coliseum, did not even sell out. Can you imagine? Can wow. You, imagine? you could have gotten a cheap seat, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> but as Michael McCambridge, author of A History of Pro Football, observed, fans simply weren't used to traveling to neutral sites. Think about that. Because you know the Super Bowl is always in a neutral location. Right, right. Right? Not necessarily the hometown of either team. Correct. How about that? Though the Vince Lombardi-era Packers routed the Chiefs and ratified the notion of NFL superiority, the game drew 65 million television viewers, the largest ever for an American sporting event at the time. Wow. Super Bowl I, 1967. Now, the game's popularity took off from there as the New York Jets' shocking upset of the Baltimore Colts in Super Bowl III gave the football conference, the AFC, and the National Football Conference, NFC, and the victors of those conferences fought it out at the end of the season. The two-week gap between the conference championship games allowed suspense to build. As, you know, we you know how media especially, we love that suspense building. Oh, yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's like when, when you know, you're watching a reality TV show and somebody's getting voted off of the boat, <laughs> Right. And then, and the person being going home today is, and then there's just awkward long, right? Right. Then you go to commercials and yeah, it's about building that storyline. It's it's the dramatic, you know, the power of the pause, I guess. By 1974, the event had grown to such proportions that Norman Vincent Peale declared that if Christ were alive, he'd be at the Super Bowl. (laughs) I think the same might still stand for today. I'm pretty sure he could probably get a seat in a suite somewhere. I would argue that Christ is alive, but that's a whole nother topic. Uh, As the NFC's domination of the AFC produced a series of Super Bowl routes in the 1980s, Madison Avenue swooped in to create a different kind of interest in the game. In 1984, Apple commissioned a Ridley Scott directed commercial promoting their new Macintosh computer. All right. The ad based on George Orwell's dystopian novel 1984 showed a woman tossing a sledgehammer into a gigantic TV screen of Big Brother's propaganda. Okay, shown during Super Bowl 18, the commercial started a sensation. And from that point forward, corporate America debuted their best ads during the game. After all, no better place to unveil them, right, than before the nation's biggest television audience of the year. And ranking the spots became another part of watching the game. Do you know people like that? Yes, my fiance. She will watch the game with me, kind of sort of paying attention. But when a commercial break comes on, I head to the bathroom and she heads to the couch. Isn't that funny? (laughs) Because it's normally the complete opposite. At any other time, right? Yes, usually it is. (laughs) While viewership in the World Series and NBA Finals are highly dependent on whether large market teams or major stars participate or not, the Super Bowl's ratings are almost unaffected by these factors. Okay, the NFL's revenue sharing arrangement allows small market teams to remain competitive and even become national brands, while a playoff matchup between the Colorado Rockies and Seattle Mariners would strike fear into the hearts of baseball officials. Last uh, the Super Bowl that year between the Denver Broncos and the Seattle Seahawks drew an American television record 
of 112 million viewers. Wow. Can you even imagine? Nice. Gosh, with the rise of cable TV, guys, the internet and other entertainment options, the country rarely pauses to watch or follow the same event, except in the case of, of like a national tragedy. So when the game between the Philadelphia Eagles and the New England Patriots kicks off, right? Tomorrow night, mm-hmm. right? Or tonight, if you're listening to right. us on the air. Virtually the entire nation will be watching, producing a collective experience rare in today's niche culture world. I wonder what the numbers will be tonight. Uh, I'm not sure. This game has got a not a whole lot of hype behind it. A lot of your diehard footballers are yeah. not too pumped about this one. Right. So I'm interested to see what will happen. It's I mean, always... they'll still be outrageous. It's right. the Super Bowl. Yeah. But right. that'd probably be low for well, a Especially for us compared to last year, right? right. <laughs> Just a whole different ball game. it really was. Well, folks, there you have it. A little History 101 about the big game, the Super Bowl. I know you guys will be tuning in tonight. I will, too. Well, hopefully I won't be in the kitchen too long. <laughs> I'm going to get in front of the TV at some point. I do love the commercials. Yes. Got to check great. those. That'll be something for us to talk about next week Absolutely. on the show. Right? Yeah. Okay, guys, we will be right back. Hey, y'all, this is Jenny Earhart with the Southern Sisters Radio Show. We are moving to SunTrust Park. That's right. The new Southern Sisters Radio Studio is in the Battery, Atlanta. How would you like to be a guest and come visit us in our brand new studio at SunTrust Park? All you have to do is email us at radio at southernsistershome.com. We have a fantastic new studio, and we would love for you to come see it. Turn off the telly, Nelly. Come to the table, Mabel. Now sit up straight, Kate. It's time to eat, Pete. Have a banana, Hannah. Try the salami, Tommy. Get with the gravy, Davy. Everybody eats when they come to my house. And welcome back to the Southern Sisters Radio Program. It is food time. There is no happier time on earth, in my opinion. I have food time every day. Three times a day, plus snacks. We've got to make time for food. <laughs> no, right? I've often told you, I don't skip food. a meal <laughs> or a snack for that matter. <laughs> I know. I have snacks hidden all over the office. At really? Work. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't blame you. Lest I run out, you know? And then you then you find them again and you like you forgot where you hid them and you find them. <laughs> and then you're all like excited. <laughs> well, folks, it is Super Bowl. That's right. Super Bowl, which means it's time to cook or get takeout or have a friend that cooks for you. Or all of the above. Or all of the above. Of Right. Well, if you're having folks over to your house, I suggest everybody bring something. That's the fitting thing to do. Yeah, you should. Don't go to a Super Bowl party empty-handed. No. It, no. Show up with something. We're going to talk about that in the last segment. Don't be a bad su- Super Bowl party guest. You know, offer to bring something, even if it's just a bottle of wine or a, you know, case of beer, something like that, right? You got to show up with something other than your pretty mug, you know? <laughs> okay. When I think about Super Bowl, you know what? I, I always think about wings. That's just one of those things, you know, good wings. There are so many different varieties and different ways to make wings. I thought that maybe a little chicken wing anatomy lesson might be in order. All right. Because a lot of folks, when they make their wings, they just plop the whole wing. They either fry the whole wing or plop it on a baking dish. But, you know, really, honestly, to make it easier for your guests to eat and quite frankly, just better in any way, I think, is you need to cut them apart. Okay. So let's talk about the anatomy, right? You've got the drumette. Right, which is the part that looks like a mini drumstick, right? Then you've got the wingette, which is the other side that has the two bones that run through it. Some people call those flats, F-L-A-T. So that's what that's actually what Earl calls it. So you've a got flat. the drumette and you've got the flat. And then on the end of the flat, you've got the little tip. 
Mm, you know yes, what I'm saying? The little pointy. Just cut that thing y- off. Yeah, you don't need that. You don't need it. Throw it out or make chicken stock out of it. I've done that before. Uh, so what you then are going to be left with are your drumettes and your flats. That's what we're going to be working with today. So I'm going to talk to you guys about bacon maple chicken wings. Oh, yes. Wrapped in bacon, no less. Wrapped in bacon. Okay, here's what you got to do. You ready? Now, the recipe will be on the website, so don't worry if you don't have time to write it down right now. You're going to preheat your oven to 425 degrees. Line a large baking sheet with aluminum foil. That makes your cleanup easier. That's what a smart cook does, right? You're going to need about two pounds of chicken wings. Now, you're going to separate the wings, as I said, uh, separate the drumette from the wingette or the flat and cut off the tip. What you're going to do then is wrap each drumette and each flat with a half a slice of bacon. Wrap it around, right? Put the ends underneath it. So when you set them down on the prepared baking sheet, the ends of the bacon are sitting down. Okay, that'll kind of seal because when they cook and the fat cooks out a little bit, it'll kind of seal the edges so it won't come undone, right? In a small bowl, you need to combine one half cup of barbecue sauce, all right, four tablespoons of maple syrup, two tablespoons of apple cider vinegar, two tablespoons of brown sugar, and a teaspoon of chili flakes. Whisk it together, right? You're going to brush that all over the wings with the sauce, right? Get it nice and sloppy, okay? You're going to bake them for 45 minutes or until the wings and the bacon are crisp and golden. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'll forget who's playing in the Super Bowl while I'm eating these things. Oh, my gosh. Absolutely fabulous. getting lost in them. Oh, yeah, I know, right? Yum. So, guys, the recipe will be on the website. That's what I'm making those Sunday. That, that sounds like dinner every night of the week. I'm making them. They're amazing. <laughs> what? Does it really? <laughs> I wish. You're a guy after my own heart. You really are. You think like I do when it comes to food. Why can't every night be Super Bowl food? Right. It's like when we did that whole segment on fair food. Remember the oh, uh, yeah. going to the fair and you get the funnel cakes and all right. that? I'm like, I wish I lived in a world where that food was healthy. Right. Let's be fair. If we gave in in all reality, we'd both be about five or six. We would pounds. absolutely, <laughs> yeah, because I would indulge myself right. every day if it didn't matter. Right, right? there with you. <laughs> Guess what's next on the menu? What goes great with maple bacon chicken wings? How about get it? Are you ready for this? Loaded tot cups. Oh, tots as in oh yeah, tater tots. Yum. Oh, these are so amazing. You've heard of loaded baked potato skins? These are easier, okay? Here's what you do. You want to preheat your oven to 350 degrees. You're going to grease a 12-cup muffin pan. Got it? Just spray it with some cooking spray, all right? And then what you're going to do is you're going to put about three tater tots in each muffin container, each little muffin hole, right? And then you're going to bake them in the oven for about 18 to 20 minutes until they're soft and golden, Okay? And then what you're going to do is you're going to take them out of the oven and go ahead and turn your oven back to broil. All right. Now, which, while the tots are warm, let me ask you this. Do you have a shot glass sitting around your house? Oh, Nick? yeah. We got okay. a few of them. Yeah. Most of our listeners do. <laughs> I think they do. If you don't have a shot glass, you can use the back of a spoon. Okay. But if you spray the bottom of a shot glass with a little bit of cooking spray, you're then going to take the bottom and press it into each muffin tin with those three tots in there, right? And kind of flatten them out. You're creating a well, a tot well, as it were. (laughs) You got it? And then here's what you're going to do once you've done that. You are going to distribute between the 12 tins, uh, one cup of shredded cheddar, one cup of shredded mozzarella, one cup of crisp cooked bacon, right? You need to buy a lot of bacon. 
guys. Okay. <laughs> then you're going to broil them until the cheese is melted. Just it's about one to two minutes, right? That's all you need because the bacon's already cooked. You're just melting the cheese, all right? Let them cool a good bit, and then you're going to take them out of the muffin tins, top them with a nice big dollop of sour cream, maybe a little chopped green onion. Hello. Oh, man. Tot cups. Loaded, no less. awesome. Yeah. And yeah, you said easier. That's much easier than trying to do potato skins and having to like shell out the potato and bake it. I always thought that potato skins are a little bit labor intensive, the cutting and the scooping and the baking and all of that, right? Open yourself a bag of tater tots, guys. You know, I like that. <laughs> right? I it's like a it shortcut way. All right. All right. So we have covered the maple break and wings, the loaded tot cups. What should we do next? I don't know. Should we go for the ham and cheese sliders or oh, should we go for the cocktail? We only have time for we one. Don't, we only have a, don't have a lot of time. Let's do the cocktail. Let's do Let's the cocktail. You know what, guys? I hate to say this. <laughs> Food, alcohol. Hmm. We only <laughs> Super Bowl party. <laughs> Listen, what I'm going to do, though, guys, if we do not have time to get back to the ham and cheese sliders recipe uh, later in the show, it will be on the website. These are amazing, and they are drizzled with a mustardy, buttery sauce that goes over the top of them, and they're oh. cheesy and warm and amazing. I could eat the whole pan. <laughs> I could. But we're not going to talk about that right now. See, I'm enticing you to come to the website, southernsistershome.com. Let's do the cocktail. Okay. So this, t- the name of this cocktail, it's called the Team Captain. Okay, uses one of my good friends, Captain Morgan, original Spiced oh, Rum. Okay, he and I know he's each a, other. He's a good friend of mine too. Is he good? <laughs> okay, so here we go. You ready? Here's what you need for one one cocktail. Because you're going to need a lot more than one. But this will make one team captain. What you're going to do is you're going to need one and a half ounces of Captain Morgan's original Spiced Rum, one and a half ounce of orange juice, a half an ounce of sour mix, right, and three ounces of lemon lime soda. Got it? You're going to combine all the ingredients in an ice-filled glass. This is actually really cute in a mug, like a beer mug. I love them in there. Yeah. Stir it to combine. Maybe garnish it with a slice of lime. Sit yourself Ooh. down on the sofa with your special Team Captain cocktail, right? I like that. We've just invited uh, Captain Morgan to the party, so you know it's going to be good. <laughs> Captain's always invited <laughs> to the party. He'll enjoy the maple bacon-wrapped wings, yes, right? Will. And the loaded tot cups. Mm-mm. Hello. Goodness. Anyway, guys, you're going to be eating good tomorrow. I know you are. Anyway, so there we have it for our Super Bowl food segment. Let us know what you think of the recipes. We're going to be back in a minute and talk about those folks that, well, don't like football. Ah, so sad. We'll be right back. Don't make me nag Eat the tables, the chairs, the napkins, who cares? This is Jenny Earhart with the Southern Sisters Radio Show. Check us out on our website, southernsistershome.com. You can link to our radio show there or check out the recipes that we talk about on the show each week. to the Southern Sisters Radio Show. There's my man, Ozzy. There he is. My, he's lived a clean, pure life, hasn't oh, he? yes. He is, he is basically a saint, isn't he? Right? Oh, my <sighs> word. I'm kind of surprised he's still walking. I know. Yeah. I do like his travel show that he does with his son, Jack, though. That is true. I think it's Jack and o- or Ozzy and Jack's 
Wild Detour or something like something that. Something crazy. I think it's on the Travel Channel. Huh. Well, it's hilarious. I know we're about to talk football, but if I may interject yeah. real fast, the one thing this always song always makes me think of was that it is appropriate now that we are here, Southern Sisters Radio, yes. broadcasting from the battery. Right. Song makes me think of Chipper. That Chipper was Jones. his walk-up music. <gasps> really? Was Crazy Train. It uh, always makes me think of Chipper. Yeah. So, a true baseball enthusiast right. now would the, know that. Now in the Hall of Fame, go Chip. Yeah. Oh, yeah, he is. I'm excited. And then somebody that. else was nominated that didn't get in. Um, uh, Andrew. Andrew. Andrew Jones. Okay, I don't know a whole lot about the pro- protocol for nominating folks for <laughs> that, but can you be really nominated again? Yeah, it? he's can, he can okay. stay on for like eight years or something before they're like, yeah, sorry, bud, you can't. You're didn't not make, make it this year. Yeah. You wonder if they year. like, um, I don't know what their relationship is between them, but you wonder are they happy? I mean, are they sad when one of them doesn't get in, or is, or is Chipper know. like? Dang, you know, he would have stolen some of my thunder. Yeah, I don't know. That's a good question. You know how oh, they, you know. I mean, boys can be catty just like girls. Oh, yes, we can. We definitely can be catty. <laughs> so can, guys. Well, folks, guess what? There are people out there that don't like football. And you would think, why are we talking about that on the day of the other uh, day before the Super Bowl? Because guess what? You have to deal with them because they're out there. And I will even admit that my own enthusiasm kind of ebbs and flows. I'm not, I'm not watching every NFL game. That's fair. During think, the during think, the season, I think most people are that way, right? You know, they'll watch the big games, the playoffs come, and they're interested. Yeah. Especially if, like, for example, last year your hometown team is in it, right. then of course you're invested. But it was I think most deal. people are kind of on and off. But yeah. right, there are some folks that are just like, "Oh, football's so stupid!" Right? Like, come on, we're going to talk about those people. Uh oh, yeah. A little, little patience in dealing on, with like, them. Well, we them I'm going to give you a little about? concept of a thought that. May- I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I just went blew right past that. What did you say? No, 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 no. Oh. Just, you know, hiding, being, hiding, getting rid of them. being catty. <laughs> Nick can be catty. <laughs> Here is a thought that may go through the head of a non football enthusiast. Okay. I read this and I thought this was so funny. Okay. So here is a non football enthusiast observing a football game, likely taken by someone who loves the game. And he just went along just to go along. For the food. Okay. He might be thinking this. Hooray. He kicked the ball. Now the ball's over there. That man has it now. That's an interesting development. Maybe he'll kick the ball. Oh, he has indeed. And apparently that deserves a round of applause. (laughs) Okay. Right. Have you ever thought that way? Do you You know? know You know what? I will go ahead and admit now. Yes, right. I have, you know, when I first tried to get into hockey a little bit, right. it's, it's hard. Yeah. It's not easy to just jump in yeah. for what that's worth. But uh, I can understand some of the, 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 the upsetness maybe about the dumb game, but mm-hmm. you know, there's more to it. You got to well, learn do, it. Every now and then do you look at it and just think it's a bunch of men in tights running around after a, a ball? Well, no, you're not wrong. No, I mean, you're I, not I'm wrong not, at all. I don't say that in a judgmental <laughs> way at all because I do... <laughs> Just you just rolled over for that. Just total admission. Yeah. Yeah. And so <laughs> right. Okay, guys. There's I don't know if any of you guys know Andrew Heaton. He's a comedian. And he pontificates about various things, life observations. And uh, but he is not a football fan. So he posted uh, a little blog post that I'm going to read for y'all on his on his website not long ago. And I just think it is so hilarious because, you know, if you haven't if you are someone who loves football, you don't get it, right? But you may know somebody who doesn't like football, is not interested in watching the game. Maybe you're dating a girl's not interested. Maybe your wife's not interested in, in football. This will at least give you some maybe measure of insight as to what they're thinking. Okay? Are you ready? So this is Andrew Heaton, okay? So I'm speaking from the male's perspective, which might be a little weird, all right? 
So most of you enjoy American football. I don't care much for it, and that makes life difficult. Football is a pastime, language, tribe, and religion all rolled up into one, and my inability to remotely care about it whatsoever severely handicaps me socially. It is also incredibly irritating because it's obnoxiously loud and ever-present. Hard to comprehend, I know, other than me who doesn't like football. What's not to love? To help you understand the frustrating world I live in, I am going to illustrate an alternative universe in which everyone around you is obsessed with something that you find obscenely boring and moronic. My Little Pony. My Little Pony was a line of toy figurines which inspired an animated series in the mid-1980s about magical horses that did something or other involving rainbows and clouds. Frankly, I have no idea, as I find both American football and My Little Pony about equally captivating. But if you enjoy the sport... Try and imagine living in a country where everyone except you is engrossed with My Little Pony, organizes their weekends around watching the cartoon, buys $1,000 plasma screen televisions on credit in order to view the ponies in high definition, gets into, sorry, gets into bar fights about their favorite characters and suffers dramatic mood swings when one of the breeds of ponies underperforms. Everyone assumes you know whatever the hell they're blithering on about and also that you give a crap. Here's a possible quote. Are you ready? Someone might say to you, you're from Oklahoma? Must be a pretty big fan of Wind Whistler then. She has pretty good sparkle powder, but she's no fizzy. Right? This is what someone might say to you. (laughs) You're right. I'm getting Uh, confused. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's making sense now. Yeah. Good luck reading a book between September and January in any public restaurant or home. Right? You're sitting in a booth. The guy next to you is, yes, go rainbow power, go. All of the televisions at the gym are tuned to the My Little Pony network and feature grown men in nice suits spouting asinine gibberish as if whatever they're babbling about actually matters. This might be an interaction between two My Little Pony network, a.k.a. ESPN broadcasters. True, Pegasus ponies are capable of sustained flight, but let's not forget that unicorn ponies can also teleport. Bill, Bill, you are entirely forgetting about the aquatic environment. Sea Pony will be huge this season. You starting to get the picture? Oh my gosh. Starting to make sense now. Starting to make sense just a little bit, right? So I've tried to get into it, but never with success. The game starts and stops every six seconds or so, as if the NFL is sponsored by Adderall. It's irritating because the stated time left in the game from an observer's perspective is utterly meaningless. Right, 13 and 26 seconds remaining means that there are that many minutes left in the special micro-universe of football, right? So you think you only have to put up with the game for another 13 and a half minutes, right, of grown men getting paid equal sums to the gross national product of developing nations just to chase a brown dot up and down a field. But it's actually going to be four hours, (laughs) followed by sluggish, never-ending traffic on the way home. He's not wrong. No, 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 no. I can vaguely dimly understand why people like college football, right? If you attended a particular college, its athletes on the field are in some capacity your classmates. I haven't looked into this, but I'm assuming that the majority of college football players are there primarily for academic purposes and that they fully graduate, Mm -hmm. right? (laughs) However, for NFL teams, it makes no sense to me at all. Observe the Miami Dolphins or the fish, as they are known colloquially by people who don't know what mammals are. (laughs) 
The Miami Dolphins are owned by a guy from Michigan who lives in New York City. The team's quarterbacks are from California. What exactly are people in Miami rooting for? The location of the corporate headquarters? A company with access to steroids? I don't know. This guy's harsh. Yikes. <laughs> Folks, I'm not sharing my opinion. This is just someone else's. <laughs> I also feel that the sport is inherently dishonest on some basic level. Football? Football. The rest of the world has a comparable sport called football, named such because it involves actually using your foot to kick a ball all over the place, right? In American football, they hardly ever kick the ball. Mostly they run around with it and then stop every eight seconds. <laughs> As noted above, I have tried to get into the sport. It would undoubtedly help my career. I simply cannot. Last time I attended a game with my dad, I started clapping when a guy on the field ran really fast, only to be informed that he was on the other team. Oh. But I was just impressed at how fast the guy could actually sprint. I think it's a neurological deficiency on my part. There's some doohickey in the brain that likes forming tribes and competition, and mine is withered and pea-sized. I have my own cliques and communities, but the underlying impulse of football, right, just doesn't speak to me. You know that impulse. It's like my tribe, gang, whatever. My guy's going to kick your, you know, butt, <laughs> that kind of thing. The only redeeming features appear to be Super Bowl advertisements and an ongoing cash flow to my alma mater. This is a guy writing this. And he says, oh, and cheerleaders. It might all be worth it for them. <laughs> So there you have it. You know what? It makes it makes a lot more sense to me now. Yeah. It does. My Little Ponies? Yeah. I mean, can you imagine making such a fuss? Oh, my goodness. Right? So, I mean, I do try to understand that not everybody looks at the world through my lens. Right. I don't have that harsh opinion of the NFL <laughs> or football at all. Um, so, you know, I just kind of, you know, I, I try to understand and appreciate right. why some people do feel this way. Okay? Well, guys, we are going to be back just in a moment. And we're going to talk a little bit about that, you know, that Super Bowl party that you're going to this weekend. Are you headed over there, right? Are you going to be a good guest or a bad guest? Oh, we're going to figure it out and we're going to give you some advice. We'll be right back. This is Jenny Earhart with the Southern Sisters Radio Program. Tune in to our show every Saturday at noon on AM 920, where we talk about life, love, happiness, lots of Southern food, and Southern culture in general. You can also catch our show live on Facebook. So check out our videos at Southern Sisters with Jenny Earhart. Southern Sisters Radio, the show for Southern women and the men who adore them. Welcome back to the Southern Sisters Radio Program. Mm, you know, Nick, I did not get your invitation to the Super Bowl party you're having this weekend. Uh, did it get lost in the mail? I mean, I just, you know, it's... Okay. <laughs> Let's just pretend for a second that Nick did invite me and that he was throwing a big party. I can tell you right now that I would feel a certain obligation to come and be a very good guest. I would hope so. At your home. Right. On my best behavior. Usually. Not my usual. <laughs> Not my usual behavior. <laughs> I'd be on my best. Right. Do you feel like you're a good guest when you go to somebody's house? I, I like to think that you are. You know, you, right. you, you clean up after yourself. Yeah. You offer to help clean up in general. Right. You don't break stuff. You don't break stuff. That's like yeah. a number one. I mean, 
Or if you do, you apologize. Right. I mean, accidents happen, I suppose. Yeah. 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 I mostly, and I do think the key to any any gracious Southern host is to always make your guests feel welcome. Right. I always, t- I, you know, I do think about how I behave when I go to someone's house, but I also, I, I feel very compelled to make people in my home just feel very welcome. Mm-hmm. You know, even if they do something that you still are just great. You, you right. just always need to be gracious. Of course, yes. Always need to be gracious. But if you are headed to a Super Bowl party this weekend, or quite frankly, any party this year, I've got a few tips about how you can be a really extra special, wonderful guest. Okay. Or in this case, a super Super Bowl guest. <laughs> right? That's what you would hope we all are. <laughs> we all try to be. We, right. may, we may fall short here and there, but let me give you the first tip I've got for you. And that is never come to a Super Bowl party empty handed. Right? You need to at least ask, okay, if you can bring something. If you're not sure what to bring, ask the host or hostess in advance to find out what you can bring. Because just taking a wild guess and showing up with something may not work. You know, what if you bring something that get the hostess already has or it's not really a help, it's a hindrance, that kind of thing. I did hear a, a, a really good piece of advice one time that said, don't bring anything that requires a whole lot of preparation and putting together once you get there. Right. You know, if, if, if it is, have it already done before you arrive. Exactly. You, you don't want to create more work or take up a bunch of counter space and make a mess in the right. kitchen. So it's better just to bring something that's easy to kind of put out that's already made. This will help make sure that there's a good variety of food and drinks for everyone. So if you have any dietary restrictions, you should probably let your guests know ahead of time, right? This is even more reason to bring your own snacks or a covered dish if there's, if you know, you know, if you're on a gluten-free diet or something like that. Right, absolutely. It's going to be hard to find some things to eat. Now, you also want to always remember to smile and be a gracious guest. Nick has a great smile. Well, thank you. I like to smile when I go to people's houses, <laughs> typically because I'm, then I'm not cooking. Right. Or cleaning up afterwards. Right. Well, I might offer to help, but not too much. <laughs> that doesn't sound like you're Just, being a super I'm, guest, I'm being Jenny. a little grumpy. It's a little warm in the studio today. I'm being a little grumpy. <laughs> but when I say smile and be a gracious guest, what I mean is... If something has you down, try to forget about it and focus on having fun. I always say, don't bring your baggage to the party, mm-hmm. right? People may have a sympathetic ear, but nobody really wants to listen to, <laughs> you know, you be moaning your boss for an hour. You know what yeah. I'm saying? You're right, though. You're you right. Know, what can you contribute? It was what you should mm-hmm. be saying. What can I bring? My good attitude and happy thoughts to the party. Also, don't show up to the party too early. That's never good. I got to tell you, I am usually in my grubby clothes until the last second. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah, no, I feel you. I'm right yeah. there too. I am, I'm eternally running behind. So <laughs> if you show up at my house a little too early, it might not be pretty. Right. Yeah, like 10 minutes is okay. Yeah. But when the party starts, yeah. the Super Bowl party starts at five and you show up at my house at noon, we're going to no, have a problem. No, we're going to have a big We're going to have a very serious You're going to get put to work is what's right. going to happen. You say, oh, you're just in time. The house needs vacuuming. <laughs> Very good point. Right? Very good Give point. you some work to do. Also, folks, and when you're attending a party, especially if it has a buffet, don't eat in line. It's impolite to sample from the buffet. You just serve yourself your plate and take it back to where you're sitting. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. It's actually a little pet peeve of mine. Well, yeah, because then you're getting a lot more food than what's actually on your plate. I know, too. right? Come well, on. that's a trick. <laughs> Oh, I know that trick. I know that trick. You pop three or four in your mouth when nobody's looking. Then you put a modest portion on your plate. I see right through that. Have you done that? Of course. Yeah, me too. We all have Me too. <laughs> now, remember this. If you touch something on the buffet, take it. It's bad manners to put it back. Yeah, no, you. And may I remind you, folks, it is cold and flu season. 
right? Right. We just talked about that. Yeah. We don't need you putting your grubby germs on something on the buffet, you know, on the buffet and then putting it back. I don't know where your finger's been. No, that's a scary thought, right? (laughs) And these, these are, this is a serious flu virus that we have going on. So even if you could be a carrier, even if you're not feeling sick quite yet, right? Also, as George Costanza would say, do not double dip. Oh my gosh. Plus, stop. We're at a party. We're at a party. Okay, right. You don't put your chip in the dip no. thing you get a spoon and you put some on right. your plate right come on if the if the hostess has put provided a spoon with a dip and you have plates then the the exactly you scoop it and put it on the plate and i'm that guy if the host if yeah. the host or hostess has not provided a spoon for yeah. the dip i ask for one yes because i don't oh, want to so responsible you. it's always weird though because then because it, yeah. it, it, then you got like a group of people yeah. around the food table and the, the, no put no, it on your plate i think and that go is to your spot perfectly reasonable you are a <laughs> reasonable that's a reasonable either that or you're a germaphobe right a little bit of both. Maybe. Yeah, we all have a little bit. We all should be a little bit of a germaphobe in this day and age. Also, remember this. Um, <laughs> clean up after yourself. No one likes to tiptoe around a mess, right? Other guests and your host will appreciate it. Yes. May I make another suggestion also that if you are at someone's house, keep your shoes on unless the hostess has specifically asked you to take them off. Right. Like some people do have a policy in their house that they don't, you know, yeah, wear yeah, right. Yeah. But don't get there to the party, lean back in the seat and pop your shoes off. Correct. The only cheese Nobody I want to really smell is the cheese plate <laughs> on the table. Remember John Candy in Planes, Trains, and Automobiles? Oh, <laughs> None of us want that moment. <laughs> Good in our family rooms. Point. Right? Good point. <laughs> now, also, an important thing to remember is to pace your alcohol consumption. Please, come on. You know, don't be getting sloppy. It's unseemly. Right. Right? You might think nobody notices, but people do. It's not even the end of the first quarter, and you're already acting like the uh, game's on the line. Right? Calm down, buddy. I have been places. I have been places where, and it's so funny, is I think that people, when they've had a little bit too much to drink at a party... They don't realize that people can notice Mm. and they try so hard to act like they're not, which is actually really funny (laughs) when they try to, you know, so don't be that person because, you know, people are going to be talking about you the next day. Right. If you are. So also um, refrain from using offensive or foul language. Well, that means I can't come to the party. Right. That means I can't. Right. Go. You need to know the company around you yes. for sure. <laughs> this is important, but right? on default, go with no bad language. But it's better, right? It's better. And Nick is much better about this than I am. Be extra careful also in the presence of children. Right. You know, because little pictures have big ears. Yep. My mother used to say that, right? <laughs> also, remember to call or send your host uh, a thank you afterwards. Now, I realize we live in a modern age. It's a technological age, right? Mm-hmm. We aren't all writing thank you notes. And we have talked about that on the Southern Sisters show before. Um, at the very least, folks, send a thank you text. Thank you email, something like that. Yeah. It's better than nothing. Right. And, and right? Say, late, say thank you when you leave and yes. then follow up later or the next day. It means the world to it people. Totally right? Does. It means so much to the hostess. Also, <laughs> offer to help the host clean up at the end of the evening. Right? It's not really polite to leave a, a, a hostess with a big, gigantic mess. Right. It just takes, And if everybody pitches in, it usually doesn't mm-hmm. take long. Also, try not to talk off topic. Okay, so like, be mindful of those who want to watch the game, right? So if you want to join other guests to talk, hold your conversation in the other room, maybe away from the TV. Right. We all know those chatty Cathy's. <laughs> 
No, we we know them. We know them, and we don't really want to be around them when we're watching the game. Right. So focus right. on the game. We have a porch. You have another room, the yeah. kitchen for those other things. You know. You right. Know? Let let people listen to the commentators. <laughs> also, finally, guys, be polite and respectful to guests rooting for the opposite team. I wonder how That's often hard. that happens. That's hard. It seems to me like most most Super Bowl parties that I've been to, everybody there was rooting for the same team. Most of them tend to be, but then you've always, I think it's, if it's like a 50, 50, it's not too bad because everyone is straight. The problem is like, say you go to a party now and everyone is rooting for the Eagles and there's that one guy who wants the Patriots to win. That's when you have to be super careful. And if you're that guy, just don't try and be like, yeah, I'm the only one. I know. Don't don't do that. Don't rub it in too much. Yeah. Yeah. But don't, don't run up to him and go in your face. (laughs) You might not get invited back. Right. Right. Especially if said person is the host of the party, <laughs> oh, then you're really in just, trouble. Yeah, that would be just very ugly. No. <laughs> well, folks, there you have it. You you know exactly a little bit about the uh, the history of a Super Bowl, mm. right? You got some recipes for some yummy things to make for the Super yum, Bowl. Yum. More on the website, remember, southernsistershome.com. Click on the blog, right? We now have a little bit more understanding of the anti-football people, right? And what's going on in their crazy heads. <laughs> and on top of that, we know how to be a good guy. You learned a lot on the Southern Sisters show this week. We are so happy that you are here with us. Come visit us. We're at the Battery at SunTrust Park, the new dedicated Southern Sisters radio studio. Thank you, Nick. Thank you, Jenny. (laughs) We'll see you guys next week.